Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of crap beer. We can do this. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 42 of Beer and Understood Podcast, Adjunct Series Quarantine Edition. This evening, all the way from, I believe, Denver. I hope I got that right. Colorado, we have Skip from Worldworks. What's going on, brother? Hey, how you doing, man? Good, man. Good to meet you. Are you you're in Denver. Yeah. You're in Denver, right? Uh, we're, we're about uh, Just, 45 minutes outside of Denver, but yeah. Okay. Denver, to, for, for people who aren't familiar with Colorado, Denver works, but uh, Greeley. <laughs> okay, cool. I wasn't too sure. When, when we were there, people were saying you were just sort of in the roof maybe because we weren't from there they were just like oh yeah yeah they're yeah. around the corner okay sweet yeah. um so man we're gonna bunch to talk about uh this evening but uh let's mm-hmm. just kick it off what do you what are you drinking there tell us about that uh so i'm actually drinking um some new anthem uh lower hyatt it's uh one of their uh ipas it's like a mashup uh indian pale ale uh mashup of west coast and uh the hazy we actually just finished brewing a collab with them I nice. just sent them out a minute ago and uh, sit down and talk to you. Nice. Are they yeah. they local as well? Obviously, like they're in the area. Uh, no, they're from uh, Wilmington, uh, North Carolina, and they're just making really good oh. hazy IPA. And uh, he happened to be out here. He wanted to go on a ski trip and talk a little bit, and so he ended up just brewing a beer real while he was out here. Nice. That's dope. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, fun um, man. Fun day. Yeah, man. I love that. That's great. I love seeing the the collabs. I hadn't heard of them actually. I guess. Uh, yeah, you should look into them. They're making some awesome IPA. Okay, what's it called again? New Anthem. New Anthem. Okay, yeah, check yeah, them out. Them up. Um, yeah, bro. What's uh, let's, let's get into your beer history, man. Uh, tell us about it. How did you get into it? What's the deal? Um, so honestly, after college, I wanted to be a, a distiller, and so I uh, got into uh, distilling. I took an internship learning how to um, distill beer, or uh, excuse me, distill whiskey, and uh, I wanted to make bourbon. And I, I kind of, you know, I was doing that for a little bit and I, uh, you know, kind of was homebrewing a lot at the time. And I kind of was just like, you know what? I don't think the, the whiskey industry is for me. So I'm going to switch it up. And I got a job at a brewery um, doing sales, actually. Okay. And uh, I would get done with my sales day and, you know, the owner of the brewery would be cleaning kegs or something. So I'd ask him if I could do it for him. Started cleaning kegs, turned into cleaning tanks, turned into brewing beer, turned into you know, lead brewer position turned into writing recipes, uh, turned into, um, years later, I'm, you know, uh, working at Weldworks and, uh, they hired me on to, uh, run the barrel program here and, uh, kind of write recipes and work with, uh, we have a really big team of creative people across the board, whether it's a salesperson or a, a taproom person who doesn't necessarily know how to write a beer recipe, but knows how to have a great idea. And so we're, we're, you know, working with all sorts of people to just figure out how to make a, take an idea from someone's brain and turn it into an awesome product. So that's that's kind of what I've been doing. Yeah. I love that. So you were saying that your title now is, I guess you sort of moved up the ranks over the years and become the, yeah. what was the title? I'm sorry. You did tell me before. Uh, So so I'm uh, innovation and uh, uh, wood seller lead. So all right. uh, basically, I, I run all of our barrel program. Yeah, the fun stuff. I, <laughs> I write collabs. I, I write recipes. I hang out and talk to people all day. It's pretty much what I do. <laughs> hey, man, you yeah. earned it, though. That's how you got to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Started from the bottom. I love that. Hey, man, it's a cool story. Like, yeah. not everybody sort of really goes through that, I would imagine. There might be some folks who kind of skip the queue a bit there and sure. pay their dues as such, I would imagine. That sure. Oh, definitely, definitely. Yeah. Maybe they're advanced home brewers or something, but I think there's some something to be right. said about 
everything you said, going from like cleaning to settlement work to brewing to head, but so on and so forth. It's kind of cool. Sure. There's nothing you can't do type of thing. Right, exactly. And that's the big thing is, is knowing how to be able to, to not only just fix any machine, but run any machine. If someone happens to have to step out or something, I can step in anyone's position pretty much. And that's, that's kind of helps everybody out. Yeah, it was valuable, man. Um, tell yeah. us about the history of Weldworks. I only um, – we talked about this over the email uh, chain as we were figuring this out. But for folks mm -hmm. who might not know, we went to GABF in 2018, I guess. And yeah. um, I was – people were telling me, you know what it's like? You go somewhere new and they're like, yeah, you need to check out this and this. And it all – you've I don't know. There's a million different breweries. I'm like, yeah, cool, cool. We'll figure it out when we get there. Sure. And there was <clears throat> the biggest – arguably the biggest line or one of the biggest lines in – GABF was for you guys. So because yeah. we had the um, the media pass, we were waiting in the end of the line. Someone comes like, no, no, you can just go to the Brewers line. I'm like, yes. So because of that, yeah. I would just go and rap, boom. And they give you, awesome. like, uh, an, you know, an ounce or whatever. But I got to basically try most of what you guys had. And I was extremely impressed even for the tiny, you know, volume that they give you um, to actually sure. sample it. So um I, that unfortunately that was literally our last day in the city so we left the right. next day yeah. so I didn't get to come out to the brewery or to, to look into you guys any further but yeah man I'd love to hear more about it tell us about the history of the brewery and, um, um, yeah so so the, the history um, uh, Neil Fisher uh, is the our head brewer and uh, co-founder and yeah. so he was just a really big home brewer and um, he was you know really great at it he would always win a ton of you know, local homebrew competitions. And he, he started like a, basically a, like a little brewery in his garage. I mean, he had actual full, full size barrels in his garage. And, uh, um, he started like a club called the, uh, garage club, the Greeley garage club, uh, homebrewing club. And, uh, one of the people who was in it is our other co-founder, uh, Colin Jones. And, uh, you know, they, they kind of made a pact that, that if Neil went to uh, Big Beer's uh, Belgian Barley Wines Festival, which is up in uh, Breckenridge every year in Colorado, it's kind of a bigger uh, uh, festival in Colorado. Um, if, he, if he had placed a, a, a silver or better at this homebrew competition that they hold up there every year, um, that they would start a brewery together. And uh, Neil took home two golds for barrel-aged beers nice. uh, at that medal or at that uh, competition. And... Um, so they kind of actually took it and Colin Jones kind of forced Neil to hold up his end of the bargain and they started a brewery together. And, um, you know, we, we started out slow. They, you know, they opened up with four beers on tap and, you know, small 15 barrel system with, you know, two, uh, fermenters and one bright tank. And now we're, we're, we're working with 19 fermenters up to the 90 barrel fermenter. Um, you know, we have, 10 bright tanks and uh, we have a barrel program of over 500 oak barrels uh, in the building. Uh, so, you know, they're, they're really methodical about how they were going to do things. They looked at properties that they could rent to own. So we own all of our property. We own all of our equipment. We don't have any bank loans. Um, you know, well, maybe a couple here and there, but you know, nothing, you know, huge. Yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. So uh, they, they basically wanted to build a sustainable building or a company and, one of the big things they wanted to invest in right away is just their employees. So they hired uh, Kristen Popchef, who is our COO. And uh, man, she's just one of the best in the business. And she's able to find other people to fit roles and, you know, create roles that, you know, might not necessarily like even my job doesn't necessarily exist at every single brewery. But 
it brings a different layer to it and knows that this is what, you know, Skip's really good at. But we have, you know, our lead brewer, uh, he's just excellent at brewing beer and getting things done. And our production manager can look at a schedule and just make it everything work in, you know, half the time. So they're just really good at putting together really good teams of people and, and letting and also just trusting us to do our jobs and do it really well. And I think that's part of the, the the growth trajectory that's made us go from, you know, the first year that I think they did a 800 barrels and we do, we're going to do about, uh, at, by the end of this year, we're projecting about 14 to 1500 barrel, a thousand barrels this year. Nice. And what, what's the time yeah. frame then from, from when it started to now? So they started, they opened up in 2015, hmm. the actual oh, brewery. Okay. Yeah. We're, we're only five years old and we're, we're, um, I, I mean, I, I don't know this for a fact, but I like to think or I like to say just based on a, the, the numbers that I can find that we have the biggest barrel age stout program in the state of Colorado. Um, and like I said, we're, we're, we've become kind of well known for I think, but uh, one of the big things that's always pushed us is our uh, invitational um, festival. And it, it, we bring some of the best, 40 of the best breweries in the country every year to Little Greeley, Colorado, which is kind of a cow town outside of Denver. Um, and we're able to bring really, really good brewers in and, and uh, have a really big festival. And it's kind of just, it's like a kind of like a weird thing to see uh, living in Greeley for so long to see like, you know, the some of the heavy hitters in beer hanging out in Greeley where, you know, where I hang out and stuff. So just, right. that's been kind of cool for us. That's dope. Did you have to? I, I imagine that uh, annual festival you might have had to do that virtual or do something different. Um, so this year, last year we we took the year off um, just because of it. Um, you know, we didn't want to. We wanted. We, we we looked at the virtual thing. It just it just seems for a festival, it's not the same. I mean, for our festival, we require you to send either um, a head brewer, uh, a decision maker. So that way, we wanted to make it an intimate, an intimate festival, so you could talk to somebody who, who's making, you know, calling shots at, at these breweries, and you can actually talk to the guy who made the beer and say, like, well, what was your thought about this? And so we just couldn't find a way to do that well. I think other people found really good ways, and it was fun to be a part of some of those other festivals. We just, we just couldn't do it at the time. We were just trying to manage all the the rules changing all the time in Colorado, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, just trying to, you know, make sure that we weren't going to a big thing for them during this past year was let's not lose any employees. Let's not have to, you know, furlough anybody. Let's just keep cranking out beer and finding a way to keep uh, the ship uh, growing. And, and we were able to do that this year, which was uh, surprising, honestly. Right. That was kind of my next question was like, how have you guys yeah. been throughout? So it's been been pretty, uh, pretty decent. Oh, it's been really good. Honestly, we, we, we still had uh, growth this year again. Um, we were able to add in another uh, set of tanks. Uh, we just stood up a couple of new 90 barrel fermenters. Um, so we've been able to grow. We we were able to, the, the room I'm sitting in right now is our uh, barrel room. We were able to add in a brand new space. We were able to add in new brewers, add in more time for brewing. Um, so it's just been, it's been honestly, surprisingly a, a, a good year for us considering, considering uh, what was happening in the world. Amazing. Do you think it's uh, – I, I notice you guys have a pretty in-depth web store as well. Like it sounds like you make yeah. it really easy for people to get your products. Um, did well, you and that, that and that's, yeah, that, um, No, we didn't. Um, you know, that was something that, you know, we, we've talked about doing all these kind of like, oh, let's do pickups or online ordering or this or that. And 
you know, I think COVID uh, has kind of forced our hand to step up our some of our games. And it, it's been good for us, honestly. I think uh, we were able to step up our web store. We stepped up our web presence in general. Um, we were able to figure out how to do, uh, you know, pull up, pull up uh, to go beers, uh, drive, you know, drive by to go. Uh, it's really just been kind of like a year of literally just learning how to adapt to things that like have already been ideas and just be able to actually forced to execute them and we've done a really good job of it i mean we went from having having being able to do you know keg beers to all of a sudden everything has to be 100 percent canned so that, that that's a toll on our packaging team yeah. and they were able to take that in stride and figure out how to divide labor and and divide and conquer it and they did it really really well that's sick do, do you guys do any crowlers and stuff for for things so we do uh we do pretty much 100 percent can uh, 16 ounce cans, and then uh, we do 500 milliliter bottles for our barrel aged stouts, okay. and some of our other like uh, you know uh, high ABV stouts. We'll do it in uh, 500 milliliter bottles, but yeah, we don't do any crawlers, we don't do any growler fills. Um, we just do just cans. So it's just a huge stress on our packaging team when we when we had to go all to go. Yeah, I imagine Jesus. I mean, like, could you have repurposed some of the like tap room stuff? into that packaging kind of world to keep them. Oh, we, we, we totally did. Um, we looked at, I mean, so our, our, um, our now inventory manager, I mean, he was a tap room employee, uh, about a year ago, he was still running the tap room. And, um, uh, we have a guy in the packaging line who's full-time packaging, who was in our tap room part-time. Um, we have a couple of sales guys who were in the tap room. We, we kind of try to find ways that to, uh, like I said, take advantage of, of a, of a shitty situation. Yeah. And, uh, you know, COVID, like I said, no one, no one's glad it's here, but we were able to look at our look inwards and go, well, how do we keep a full staff of people? Well, let's repurpose some of these people. Some of them have talents that, you know, they've expressed interest in exploring and, and we were able to look at them and, and, and use that to their, our advantage and, and, and their advantage as well. So it's been fun. That's very cool. I love to hear that, man. That's great. It's. Uh, I feel like it's been a, a yeah. somewhat common thread from the breweries that I speak to, as far as that sure. sort of some of the growth. You know, there's some that are getting by. There's some that are doing decent. There's some that are like sounds like what you guys are doing are growing. What What's the general vibe in Colorado? Like, are more like you guys, or is it a mix? Um, you know, I, I do think there are some people who are able to um, kind of take advantage of this. Of this situation and, and figure out ways of, of doing it. I do think it's kind of all over the place. It's kind of like anywhere else. I think that there are some people who just can't, you know, they they weren't packaging beer to go. And all of a sudden they're like, the only way you can make money is packaged beer to go. So that's just going to be tough on that small local, you know, that they're, they're a neighborhood brewery and all of a sudden it's tough on them. And so I, I, I think that they've found ways of doing it. I, I We haven't seen like a mass shutdown of people that we haven't seen, you know, I wouldn't say like hundreds of breweries have closed in the last year, but we've definitely seen, you know, uh, it's just been different. And, you know, uh, beer Stott lager house in Denver is like one of the prime examples of just adapting and figuring out how to make it work. So, you know, they, the owners of this place there, they make hundred percent traditional lager, German lager beer, uh, to the best, you know, they decoct everything. They're doing, you know, long aging filter presses and like just perfect pilsners all the time. And they said for a long time, they'll never can their beer. Well, they had to. And, you know, they did a really good job and, they, and they're crushing it. And 
And I think it's just kind of showing, you know, what why Colorado is one of the best states in America making craft beer because we can all adapt really, really well. And I'm kind of really, I'm, I, overall, I'm really proud of our state, just seeing everybody adapt really well. And, you know, you know, we haven't seen too many shutters. So it's been kind of impressive. That's cool, man. I definitely would agree. I mean, Colorado is one of my <clears throat> favorite places in the States as far as like beer is concerned. It's just insane. Like not only is it beautiful and the people are cool as shit. Yeah. I couldn't believe how yeah. cool everybody was. It, it reminded me a lot. It's funny. Like we're in Montreal here. So it's like we're right mm -hmm. above Vermont. We, when the borders were open, we would go to Vermont, you know, every other month. Yeah. And they were always the coolest people. And whenever we, when we went to Colorado, we were there just beforehand. And we were telling them we went, we're going to Colorado and everyone was like, oh, everybody, everybody had a Colorado story. Oh, my brother lives yeah. there. I go to Boulder every year. You need to go. And it was like, of course, I, can, yeah. I can see the the cross between both culturally, like there seemed to be a similar, just like, maybe it's just people who live in beautiful ass mountains or something. They're just cool, cool as hell. And coming <laughs> with that is great beer, great yeah. food. Um, it was just one of my favorite experiences, uh, to be honest, in, in, in beer period. So I, I definitely can see that. So it makes me very happy to hear that uh, not only yeah. continuing to make fire, but you know, the breweries are staying, staying afloat and kicking ass at the same time. Oh yeah. It's, it's been crazy. And I do think there is something to say that like when, when you do live in a place as beautiful as Colorado, um, you know, just looking at the sun setting over the mountains, like I don't care how long you've been here, man, it just makes it feel good. Never so I, I think <laughs> if, if if you're angry, if you if you're angry and you live in Colorado, maybe just look to the west a little bit more or something. <laughs> be happy. <laughs> That's so true, man. I guess particularly out there where you guys like on the front range, which we sort of learned. We started in yeah. Dur Durango and they sent us like mm -hmm. all the way kind of through. Um, but it was oh, extra, man. yeah, right. Because it was like when we got to Durango, we're like, what the hell is this? We didn't know the geography at all. Yeah. So sure. we were like, this looks like. I don't know, like a like a Roadrunner cartoon or something. Like what's happening? Sure, yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. then they were like, no, 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 like sixty miles that way is that little point where there's like five states or four states that are in that join it mm -hmm. one little point. And then as we kind of went uh, east, I guess it was right. We went through like Grand Junction, Uray, Uray was wild. Mm -hmm. And then um, yeah, so you're going, yeah, you're going, you're going uh, west, northwest, northwest. Okay, so we went north. Yeah, then we ended yeah. up in Breckenridge, which yeah. was insane. And then we came through Colorado Springs, oh, yeah. Fort Collins, and Denver. So that was like two weeks. Oh, I'm sorry, northeast. You're right. You're right. You're right. Northeast. Northeast. Yeah, northeast. It was kind of that way. Yeah, and I, sorry. I know we're going we missed, up in that way. Yeah, through Breckenridge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we met. We strong. It's strung, insane. Yeah, dude. It was just like it was just so crazy and seeing the the best part for us. I know, like on the tourist perspective, was seeing the or the the, yeah. the scenery was seeing the the landscape change. Just crazy. Yeah. Like the whole oh, time. Oh, it's, it's, it's if you haven't seen Colorado in person, you need to just because I, I mean, like I when I first moved out here, I looked at things and I was like, oh, like, like it's it, it, I've seen pictures. It's not that cool. And then you get here and you're like, this is absolutely insane. <laughs> yeah. It's insane. It's just yeah. every day. It's mind blowing. Like it's, it's really cool to hear that uh, it doesn't get old even if you live there. No, just, and if it gets old, then hmm. then maybe you've been here too long, or you just need an attitude adjustment. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, totally. Again, I could not see like everyone was just always in a good mood. Now I think about it, you're right. Everyone was just always chilling. There was never really any yeah anything wild. And even just in Denver, where you can just be in a, a world class major city, and then you're just looking mm -hmm. at you can see the mountains from there. Like it was just doesn't oh, yeah. matter where you went. You were just looking at something crazy all the time. It was sure just. Constantly, and that's insane. and that's like just the crazy thing is, like I said, uh, my my window faces the mountains in my bedroom, and at nighttime you can just see the mountains, and it's just like wow, 
how like how could you be mad at that you know right yeah man that's crazy um the, the, that just reminded me so the first time i heard of you guys that i specifically recall we were going to breckenridge i believe from grand mm-hmm. junction and that's when the scenery really changed and we were mm-hmm. before. you can do it anyway i already took it um but the um we went through and saw troy at casey um because sure, I'd, yeah. I'd heard oh, a lot man. about him and when we got there he had just you guys had just done a collab called the trans mountain diversion i believe oh yeah we still do that one you still do it? Oh, that shit was yep. insane. So, like, obviously, at the time, mm-hmm. I was like, we didn't have as much haze up here in Canada. So, whenever we were going to mm-hmm. the states, I was like, yeah, yeah, I need, uh, I need that. And that was insane. I couldn't believe it, like how good that was. Because the funny part, I guess, because you go to somewhere like Durango, and the breweries were very much catered to that typical blonde, amber, porter, sure. you know, that real traditional standard type of stuff that isn't super exciting sure. for people, you know, craft beer folks. So I didn't mm-hmm. have any anything that blew my mind until I got there. And then when I yeah. when I had that, he was like, Yeah, yeah, you need to check that out. So I was like, all right. So from then I was like locked in and, and ready to see. So uh, to sort of like pivot a bit, being that you guys are like known as like the Haynes masters of is that is that still accurate? I know you sort of work there and stuff, but you could probably speak to it. Like would you say that Worldworks are known as the, the Hayes Lords out there? Um, at least in that, I in mean, that I, conversation. Like I said, <laughs> Uh, we, we definitely in that conversation, I think, um, I, I don't like to crown myself any, or, or us anything, but I do think that, um, we do make top tier, uh, beers. We were one of the first to do it. And, you know, Neil Fisher, our head brewer, he was able to, um, you know, kind of find this recipe and he was one of the first people to really share it, right. um, share what everyone else was doing. I mean, Alchemist clearly, you know, Hedy Topper was, was one of the originals and, um, you know, Trillium and Treehouse have been doing it for way before us, but they kind of were really secretive about what they were doing. And and Neil was one of the first, you know, champions of being like, hey, this is what we did. I don't know if it's going to work for everybody, but this is what we did. Here's our recipe. It got printed in Zymergy magazine. And I think that kind of kind of propelled us into a different light with just just being able to share something that at that time was super secretive. Um, you know, he was sharing what yeast strain he was doing, what water profiles he was doing, how to calculate water profiles for not only homebrewers, but also for brewers. And, it, you know, if you email us today and ask us, hey, what do you, what's your take on this, this, and this? We'll, we're, we're open book source to everybody, um, homebrewer or, you know, commercial brewer. Um, we don't have any secrets in this building and uh, we love to share them with people because we, we think that, that that's, Part of the reason why we got to where we are is is just being open about it, but also, you know, being super open about, hey, we made, you know, we're not perfect. We're going to make a bad beer and like, hey, we want you to enjoy it too. So like I said, I wouldn't say we're the, the, the Hayes Lords, but I would say we're one of the early adapters and we learned how to do it really well, really fast. And we were able to capitalize on that, right. on that uh, kind of initial rush that uh, came out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I mean... If someone else wanted to call us the Hayes Lords, I may not argue with you. But <laughs> well, I mean, that's I, your words, not mine. That's my words, and I'll, I'll own that because that was my experience. Was that the best haze essentially that I had out there was from you guys? Once again, sure, still you, didn't get. You. Hey, man, it's a pleasure. It was, uh, it was yeah. just glorious, and I went. I only had you know, less than that of, of yeah. every beer, but I, you know, I had all the juicy bits, extra, 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 sure. all that shit. Um, yeah. It was uh, just super, super impressive. In, and I think even back then it wasn't as wide. When I say like New England IPAs weren't as widespread as they are 
now, which almost seems strange because sure. sure, yeah, yeah. I, I would say in Colorado specifically during during that time, I just I found it kind of oh, difficult yeah. to to get what I was after. Um, sure, I mean, like I said, when so at that time it would have been what year you said two thousand eighteen. So I mean, yeah. we had only yeah we had only been doing um, hazy IPs for two years at that point, okay. and um, you know that's uh, still we were still you know kind of ahead of the curve. We had a couple other people. Odd 13 was making really great. Uh, still are. Um, all these people are still are. Uh, Fiction Beer Company down in um, Denver, who's their head brewer um, is now uh, owns Knotted Root, who's making killer awesome beer in up in the Netherlands, up in the mountains, right. doing hazy beer up there. And then uh, Cerebral, um, Sean and his team have been doing it great since day one too. So you know, I think all all the people who were doing it earlier are still really doing a good job of making hazy IPAs. Just kind of everyone else kind of caught up, and it, I think Colorado now. If you come here, I'm sure you couldn't walk into a brewery that you couldn't find a hazy IPA at. Right. So, and and a quality one at that, which was oh yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that's that's the one thing with the, the 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 barrier to entry in Colorado brewing is you have to make quality beer. That's it. Right. Yeah, that was definitely uh, that was exactly my experience. I found like. Like I said, in the western side, um, it, w- it wasn't anywhere near as good as the front range side. Yeah. Um, until probably you got to like Breckenridge, it started to pick up around Grand sure. Junction. But I, once mm-hmm. again, it was a different market. But I, once that was two and a half years ago, almost. So things. Yeah, changed I mean, there's really people bad. making beer all throughout mm-hmm. the front range. Um, the front range is definitely like just the leader, right? I think people think it, uh, yeah, and, and people look at Colorado. And it's a huge state, but it, it, uh, the Front Range, you know, is is pretty small. You could drive from, you know, the top of the Front Range up in Fort Collins all the way down to Colorado Springs in, in about two hours, and that consists of most of the Front Range. And, and between that, there's, you know, a couple hundred great breweries that, that are just, you know, they might be small, they might be big. All different sizes, but they're all just making killer good beer, and it's kind of fun to be able to be a part of that and be in kind of like, you know, a, 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 a hub of it. And you know, for us to be, you know, somebody that people look at to us as leaders to be a part of that, it's just crazy for I think all of us. I don't think there's a single person here who takes that for granted. So it's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, man, that's that's really cool that people are are aware of that and definitely. Um, like cognizant of that, but in, in Vermont, just actually, this is the question that you mentioned it. I noticed that my friends there, because they're surrounded by so much beer, like incredible beer. And they are like what, three hours from Boston, I guess. So there's a lot yeah. of traffic coming through. So they easily get their hands on, like you said, Treehouse and Trillium and all the good stuff coming from there. I find that they, they are almost like good beard out. Like my friend always be sending me photos <laughs> of like some cocktails he's making. Cause he's like, man, if I have to have another sure. IPM, I'll lose it. Have you guys got to that point yet, or are you still kind of like? I mean, I know you're obviously <laughs> in the industry, so that's maybe not the right person to ask. But you know what I mean? No, no. Um, we are um, a company full of very eccentric drinkers. So, um, you know, a lot of us are big bourbon fans. We drink lots of bourbon. Um, you know that that could be between you know Jake, our marketing person who you spoke with, um, Neil, our head brewer's huge bourbon fan. I drink my fair share of bourbon. Um, but then you have people like Colin Jones and 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 Kristen Popchef, who I mentioned earlier, who are big cocktail fans, and they like to see. But we also like to drink all those things because we think that we can take something from that space and bring it into what we're doing. And mm-hmm. so I think the day that we get bored of beer is on us because we're not making, we're not looking for the next thing that that excites us. And 
all of us are always looking from any sort of industry of even if it's you know monster energy drink what flavors are they making right. just to just keep an eye on what they're doing and in the day yeah maybe hazy ipa kind of always tastes the same so reach for something else but also let's keep it creative and make sure that we're 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 doing our jobs and staying you know Derek, our, our production manager, loves wine. Patrick, our, um, our lab, you know, we, we love all sorts of things, and that's kind of part of the fun. I mean, I, I can tell you when I'm done working a long day, I go home and I drink tequila or mezcal. I mean, you know, that's just we're, – we're not stuck on beer, and I think that kind of opens our brains to come back to work and create a great beer again, you know? Mm, that's really smart. I like that approach. So on that note, can you speak to the type of stuff that you guys are making as far as – because even when I was checking out the website, like you guys are pretty much do most styles. It was more eclectic than I thought based on the preconception that you guys were the Haze Lords. So like you sure. had way more available. Um, yeah. So I mean the big thing for us is, again, is to stay interesting. Um, you know, we'll always try to – if there's something going on in the beer industry in general, like smoothie sour – We'll we'll throw our hat in the ring and see how we can what we can add to that space. Um, but a big thing for us is again just making sure everyone that works here is super excited and happy. And um, you know, a big thing for our brewers is like they get burnt out on just brewing hazy IPA every day. So yeah. we go to them a lot, and they always want to brew classic styles. And you know, in classics, people like like you said, people don't think of Weldworks as oh they can make a really good classic style, but we do. I mean, our brewers are world-class brewers from, you know, top to bottom of our roster of people. Um, they're they're going to make any style that they want to make. They're going to absolutely crush it. And I, I honestly think that if you look at, like, our, we just released our um, a, tri a triple and, um, you know, traditional Belgian triple, and it was made by one of our brewers. And, you know, I guarantee you he took more care into that beer than anything – else that he brews and you know we have like our lab manager patrick wants to brew um you know he wanted to brew a belgian dark strong i bet you that's going to be a world-class belgian dark strong one of our ship brewers uh wanted to brew an alt beer so we were all over the place but it's part of it is just to keep everybody excited about what they're doing but also just kind of just see what what everyone wants to try and i think people are super surprised when they walk in our door and hear that you know Hefeweizen is one of our number one selling beers of all time. Really? Yeah, that's super surprising. Hmm. I would not have picked that. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so would you say that a lot of the traffic that you get are from people coming in there because they heard about the haze and stuff? I would say that um, local traffic is very big. We're still a very big local place, and we like to cater to those local people as much as we want to cater to the people driving up from Denver as much as we want to cater to the people from out of state, out of country, who've just heard that we make really good hazy beer. But we also want you to walk out the door and be like, wow, I didn't have a bad beer at Weldworks, whether mm -hmm. it was uh, uh, fruited sour or, you know, alt beer or um, anything else, Pilsner even. You know, we, we take very big pride in our Pilsner. I mean, I could, I, I, brewers will fight about how uh, our Pilsner, uh, you know, comes out and what, what changes they want to make to tweak it to make it better. Um, you know, or even our barely stouts. So yeah, we're known for a couple of styles, whether it's, you know, our hazy IPA or our barely stout, but we want you to come in here and experience it and see that we're way more than that. Yeah. I like that. That's really dope. Speaking of the stouts, I do recall at uh JBF, there was one or two like crazy, like 11% 
like Mexican yeah. stouts or something like that. Can you yeah. speak to the barrel? Pro- I know you said you got over 500 barrels. I'm going to talk about yeah. not just the stouts, but any sours or just anything you're doing. With that. Sure. So, um, yeah, so our barrel program is, like I said, it's, it's massive. Um, but it, for the most part, it is barrel aged stout. Um, so Media Noche is um, our base, um, kind of our base-ish uh, barrel aged stout. Okay. Um, yeah, like I said, we've, we've done plenty of different, uh, versions of it between vanilla, peanut butter cup, all the way to, um, you know, coconut and all sorts of, we've just done everything with it. Um, but that's, that, that, that won a GABF medal in 2017 for, it won gold medal for, um, barrel, wooden barrel age, strong stout. And, um, so since then it kind of, it kind of earned its place in, in the books as, you know, one of the best, uh, barrel age stouts in the country at that time. I still believe it's up there, but, um, for the sour beer, we don't really have too much. We have a couple sour barrels that we keep here and there. Um, we do have a collab with Jester King out in Austin, Texas that we're working on that we think is coming close to, uh, completion. It's been aging between fooders, barrels and stainless, um, for the last almost two years now, we've been just kind of trying to figure it out. Um, you know, I, my background is sour beer. I worked at a black project down in Denver, uh, for a while. Um, so I, I, I have a soft spot for sour beer, uh, barrel aged or mixed culture, mixed fermented beer. Um, Neil Fisher, our head brewer has a soft spot for it. Our lead brewer, Nick has, soft, so all of us love that beer. We just don't know what we can add to that space in Colorado. I mean, between people like Black Project, Crooked Stave, Troy Casey out at Casey Brewing that you had mentioned earlier, there's just so many really, you know, um, Andy Parker and, and his team at, at, at Avery that just, they, there's so many great, uh, uh, Sean, Sean Butram from at Cerebro, those guys, there's just so many great sour beer producers in our state that it's just like, what can we add to that space mm. in the mix for a minute? And we just, we haven't been able to figure out what's the right way for us to approach it to make it well works, you know? Hmm. So we just, we really kind of stay away from that space. So, uh, you know, we have 500 uh, barrels, but I would say probably, you know, of the 500 plus oak barrels, probably 10 or 15 of them or something else. Right. You know, it's pretty much, yeah, we're, we're just kind of staying in our lane yeah. for, the, for the barrel stuff. <laughs> Okay, hey man, that that's good. That's self awareness, and it makes sense. I like I like yeah. that reasoning that it's sort of like what can we contribute, and you're not sort of just trying to do it for the sake of doing it. So I like that a lot. I was just sure. checking to see if I did try the media nature. I I couldn't. I didn't have any check ins on tap that I saw there, but there was like it felt like there was like a hundred different ones. Maybe not a hundred, <laughs> but if I just kept scrolling, and there was uh, all these different variants. So like, yeah, we we've done tons of them. I mean. Again, we, we look at everything, and even if it's been in a barrel for 20 months, everything's our playground, and it's our experimentation. And, you know, some things don't ever even see the light of day. And it, it, it's, it's tough, but it's one of those things where to be at a high level, you have to be able to just realize that, like, you have to play at a high level. And so we're playing high-stakes games. We're talking about, you know, 18 months is the youngest that will release a barrel-aged beer. That's a long time, you know what I mean? So to, to go around and play, let's just see if this sticks and see if this works. That's And then also to, to have our consumers trust us enough to go, okay, we'll try this out and see that, um, hey, it might not be the best beer we've ever made in the barrel-aged world, but you know, if we don't keep trying these things, we can't make the best. And so we're thankful for our, our customer base that like stand by us and 
yeah, we, we've had some misses and, you know, we've, but we've also had some wildly successful, you know, I'd argue some of the best barrel aged beers in the world coming out of here. But again, you have to have some of those misses to be able to have those victories. So great point. Great point. Uh, do you think that you get the same level of hype around your stouts then, than say maybe you would around the, um, cause obviously stouts do particularly barrel aged stouts. <laughs> Um, have their own. It's obviously a little more specific than the Hayden sure. boys and stuff. But yeah. would you say they, uh, you know, are they like people trying to trade them? People trying to get oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We have we have we have quite that. Um, our last release, we released um, our. It's called a uh, Media Noche Reserve, and that was a barrel aged beer. It was aged for twenty months in, uh, I believe it was Breckenridge um, bourbon Just, barrels. Oh yeah, we went with, to that place dope. Um, with uh, coconut. Uh, cacao nibs and vanilla and it sold out in less than 38 seconds online <laughs> um so yeah we we, we you know media noche is kind of it, it's definitely a different group and it's definitely way more niche but mm. um people look out for it i mean starry noche one of our um uh one of our beers that we put out last year for our anniversary um, is on you know Untap's top fifty all time greatest beers list. If you go on the highest rated beers, it's on there. Um, so we've we've definitely put out beers that like um, command its demand its respect on what they are. But like I said, if if you look at our daily lineups, you you know we might have a media noche on tap here or there, but it's not you know you, you don't really necessarily think of us when you think of. Uh, or you don't think of barrel aged stout when you think of us necessarily. You know mm. a lot of people think of hazy. And you know, at this point, we've kind of made our uh, carved our own lane, laying out in the fruited sour, sour, um, you know, not mixed firm, but you know, in the fruited sour lane. And um, I just think it's trying to get a bunch of different people looking at our beer differently. And and you know, maybe like, oh, I love IPA, and then you get a chance to try me. You know, you're like, oh, maybe I do like barrel aged stout, or you know, vice versa. That's the kind of our biggest thing is just kind of open people's eyes to all styles of beer, whether it's something that's super sought after super hyped or 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 it's just you know a classic style that you know all of us enjoyed at one point in our lives right so then the media noche is regularly available so people just walk in or is it kind of like the drops that go yeah it's so for for packaged in in bottles that's usually like once a month a drop and it's usually online sales tap room on you know online only um, just because of right now with COVID, we can't really we, we're not going to try to get a bunch of people to wait in line. And, and we don't we don't we, we're trying to keep everybody, our staff and our customers included safe. You know, that's the that's the major importance to us. Um, you know, beer is awesome, but I'd rather make sure that everyone and their family is safe than, you know, than, than anything else. So um, we, we 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 do have them on draft once in a while. Um, lately, we've been kind of kind of trying to just. If you come to the tap room and you like, you know, since right now in Colorado, you kind of have to sit outside. We've been throwing a little bit more of them on draft um, or having bottles to go or our tap room staff will open up a bottle and kind of split it between a bunch of people at the tap room just to kind of reward you for sitting outside in the cold. Like, I mean, I, I don't, I, you know, it's, it's just tough, but. So you guys still, you can drink at the brewery. You can drink on the patio outside. Um, you can drink at the patio outside. Um, we can have 25% um, indoor seating right now in Colorado. Wow. Um, but for us, 25%, our tap room is, is not huge. So like 25% is like three tables with okay. like, you know, maybe 15 people max. So gotcha. it's just, 
So it's all outdoor seating. We, we've done a lot to improve our patio with tons of space heaters, tons of um, just tons of different ways of keeping people warm. Um, but it's just kind of it's kind of hard to ask for people to come. Hey, hey, leave your house and come sit on outside. You know, in the middle of winter. No, totally. So. I, I'm more just sort of uh, yeah. I mean, there's that side for sure, particularly where, where you guys are at. But um, I guess because out here we've been. I haven't been to a brewery in Montreal in almost a year. Like they're all, yeah. you can't drink inside. You can't, you can't have, yeah. you can't do anything here. It's all shut sure. down. So it's always interesting to see like different places having the different rules. So now when everyone, anyone tells me that they can drink anywhere, I'm like, what the fuck? Like, that was true. Yeah. That. Thank you. Um, we just got a comment here. Josh, uh, by the way, shout out to you, bro. He says, your World Works YouTube video about Juicy Bits changed my home brew. So oh, you did. Awesome. Was that, that you personally, Skip? You did some. Uh, uh, I assume that was probably Neil. Neil, our uh, head brewer. He's uh, he's usually when it comes to juicy bits. I mean, that was his kind of creation. So you know, we kind of we'll speak on on certain parts of it. But when it comes to um, making that at home, he kind of always takes the rein on that. Gotcha. So that's really cool. I like that he does that on top of putting the recipes out there, but obviously helping yeah. people like Josh oh, get yeah. stuff better. And Josh also, yeah. said, I, I miss tap rooms, man. You know what? So oh, I do. It's uh, the, yeah. when, the more you talk about it, the more because I'm like, oh, one of it's fine. I, you know, still being able to get my hands on good beer, but right you, now you mention it, you actually think about it, and particularly talking yeah. about now and thinking back on, I couldn't even fathom going to a beer festival and having thousands of beer. Oh around, no, you know? I I couldn't either, and and it's been crazy for me because I've always been you know big on uh, for us as traveling. And going to festivals all over the country and talking to people and going to tap rooms and, and and you know for me right now it's just been super weird it's been almost a year since i've traveled and part of me likes it but then part of me goes like man i just can't i don't know what i'm gonna be like when i go around people again <laughs> same man i feel like we're like, definitely gonna have an awkward period it's gonna be awkward but also part of me is like i might want to wear a mask just because i'm used to it now like yeah. You know, the day that I take a mask off, like, I just don't, I, you know, like, Nothing right now it's fine because I'm in a room by myself, but, you know, as soon as I walk out of this room, I'll put my mask on, you know, so it's right. just been, it's just weird. It's become so second nature that part of me is like, well, and also, you know, drinking out of, like, a cup that it's someone else yours. drank out of. <laughs> that used to be a thing. That was common. Yeah, man. Oh, oh, and now I look festival. at him like that's disgusting. Yeah, oh, I couldn't even, I couldn't imagine. I couldn't even imagine like, that. We're at a festival. I'm like, oh man, you need to try this out of my glass. You know, yeah. everyone does that and shares oh, glasses. Yeah. What were we thinking? Oh, yeah. I don't know. And like, like literally, I'm like, that'll never happen. I mean, so back in the day when we did barrel tastings or any sort of tastings, we would literally just fill up a big cup and everyone would drink out of it. And now, you know, because of COVID, we've we've switched um, to to everyone has their own pours of everything. But it's just been. It's just like wild to me because like I can't believe we used to do that. It seems yeah, so gross. It so seems gross. so gross. <laughs> even just, dude, that's a great point. And even just as something as small as the way we shake hands and the way like, yeah, you know, yeah. I could have just blown my nose and then, hey man, what's up? Like, yeah, yeah. like all it's, of this stuff that it puts. Didn't think about before, and all yeah. of a sudden now you're just like, this is absolutely kind of gross. It's bonkers, and and if, if you put yeah. that in context on the larger scale, it's something like a beer festival, GABF. You're indoors. Oh, right. There's literally what two, three, four thousand people. And sure. you know, I don't know if anyone's sharing um, glasses as much because you literally get right. a sip. But like, 
just that volume and people touching door or, or just like even thing. like just something like as weird as like hey maybe that one guy didn't wash his hands when he left the bathroom yes and then all of a sudden and then, and then all of a sudden he's handing a cup to somebody's hand and all of a sudden yep this man yeah. who just you know it's just it's disgusting to me now oh, it, it was something that i did, didn't cross my mind that now is disgusting to me <laughs> were you a germaphobe uh, pre-covid I never, no never, sense. never right. thought about anything like that at all. I wouldn't even say I'm a germaphobe now, but yeah. I just, I'm more conscious of it, I'd say. I, I absolutely feel you. My partner and I, uh, she's more of a germaphobe than I am. Um, and so this is like, she's like, oh, I love it. I'm ready for this. Let's go. So I was yeah. always a little bit about it, but now I'm like, yeah, I, I feel the same as you. And I hope more people feel like that just because my concern is that people don't take that serious enough. Sure, you know, how many sure. times did you see dudes what leave the bathroom like over the years? I'm always mad conscious of it. And you see someone yeah, use the bathroom sure, walk, sure. public ones walk out. So like I really hope that people are at least conscious of their um And it's such a weird thing that you didn't like like I didn't look at it as like it's like disrespectful. But now I look at it as like it's almost disrespectful to not wash your hands after using Very the restroom. Yeah. It's wild. I always thought it was wild. disrespectful because I've seen that meme where it's just sort of like shaking hands after not going to the bathroom is like putting your hands in each other's pants type of thing. Yeah, that, yeah, that's and that's yeah. really like dick hands is the yeah. grossest thing I could probably think of. Like, yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. Want that. yeah, yeah, particularly yeah, like, when people. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, go ahead. Like I know, say so like people are drunk at beer festivals, so they're extra careless. Yeah. And yeah, you're oh, meeting yeah. more and more people there, particularly someone yeah, like and, you who's yeah. a, known in the right. scene. You're seeing your friends. You've got sure. drinkers coming up to you wanting to say hi, sure. and then. Imagine how many what what you're touching. I just, I mean, it, it, like I said, it's something that never crossed my mind until recently, and now I'm like, I don't know if I will be going back. If I have to use the bathroom in a porta potty, I probably just will have to not go. No, honestly, I'm uh, I'm with uh, you, man. Like, unless you bring your own sanitizer, which we probably would at that. Point. Right, and I and I think at this point in my life, I will carry sanitizer. Oh yeah, in, <laughs> just for just just for that sake. Yeah. Hundred percent. I think we're all kind of used to it now. It's been almost a year, so we're kind of in our COVID right. routine. So it's going to be hard to sure. ever break it. I don't think it'll ever be the same sure. for sure. Right. Um, quick thing. This is a. I just wanted to point sure. this out. This is just a beer that we just did this collab with a, a brewery called Love Dust. It's upside down because it's a glitter beer, which is awesome. why I'm sort of holding it up. Have you? Oh guys, my gosh. Okay, you can't really tell as much. I, no, I can see. I can see, it. see it. I can see it. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. We did it last year for Valentine's yeah. Day, so we're just, just releasing it. Awesome. Have you guys played with uh, Glitter before? You know, we have not. Um, not because it? It, I, I, I'm indifferent. I don't have any strong opinions against it. or for, I mean, I'm kind of the kind of person who, who looks at something like the, the way that the Glitter beer looks in a glass is just fascinating to me. Yeah. So I can't hate on it's it. And also cool. the big thing – the big thing for me always in life is if it brings someone else joy, why should I hate on it? <laughs> you know, who am I to go? That's stupid. Mm. You know, like, I, I mean, I it's just, you, it's yeah. just, you know, it's, no, it's, we, 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 we live a too short of a life to be like spending all my time being angry about something else. <laughs> you know, um, I, I think I, we haven't done it. I don't think we ever will, but I will never poo poo on uh, glitter beer or any other beer to, to, to say that. I respect it. To be honest, I did. I came up with this idea for this collab and I pitched it because uh, mm -hmm. the owner's a friend and he, I was like hoping to piss off the purists a bit, those people that we're talking sure. about who like uh, hate lactose in beer and hate sure. this fun stuff. And I know it's ridiculous, but that was the point. 
And I felt that sure. when we released it last year, it was the complete opposite. I'd never been so inundated with people wanting some and the brewery yeah. put them on the map because they were new at the time. And like, sure. it's very, because it, it's entertaining, but I just thought yeah. more people would have been more angry about glitter beers. So. I just I, I just think it, it, I, I, people who get angry about things that are happening in a beer are just, the to me, the worst kind of people. Because it's just like, <laughs> dude, just because you don't like it doesn't mean other people can't. Yeah. And also try it. Maybe you'll like it. For all I know, like for all I know, that is the best beer that I I haven't been able to try just because I haven't been able to get my hands on. I don't know. Yeah. Like why? Like it's just it's it's so silly to me that people get so upset about things. I agree. It's it's really ridiculous. Especially when it comes beer. to beer. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's beer. just getting it's drunk. Beer. Relax. Yeah, <laughs> it's really not yeah, that serious. Yeah. Um, yeah. Couple quick comments here. Uh, Brad is my brother. He just checked in. He's like, "Cheers, boys. Nice love dust champion." And uh, Josh uh, is asking you, Skip, what's your uh, favorite collapse that uh, that you've done? Um, favorite collapse? Oh yeah. man, that's a good question. Um, so at Wellworks, we do tons of collabs um, through with people throughout all the country, uh, all over the country. But I, I will say, not one of my Luke um, up at uh, since you guys are in Canada, yeah, uh, Luke over at uh, Bellwoods. Bellwoods, yeah, one of my good favorite one. humans. On earth, love that guy to death. Um, I was lucky enough to go brew a beer up with him in Canada. Um, you went to the Hafus Road, uh, Bellwoods facility, the one that's in like the industrial park, yep. yeah, nice. the industrial park. And yeah. we brewed up there and Sick. uh, we put together uh, with Patrick and we put together um, a barrel aged stout that's still resting in barrels. And we brewed, I brewed the same recipe down here. I was able to, to get them some really, really cool um, bourbon barrels, and I, I'm super excited about that one to come out soon. I believe I, I spoke to Luke, I think in December and they're getting ready to, to start looking at it, tasting it and playing with it about, it's been over a year now in barrels. So I'm super excited about that. Um, honestly, man, I, I, it's, it's almost impossible to say what's my favorite club just cause it's such an awesome industry to work with just so many different people from all different walks of life from all over the country world. Um, I was lucky enough at one point to hang out with people in Brussels and make uh, beer in Brussels. It's just been crazy for me to to look at my life and go like, I make beer for a living, and I've been able to just kind of see the see that not only the country but the world and and hang out with people. So uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the easy answer and be like, all of them are my favorite. Um, hanging out with new people, discussing new ideas, and and putting together something cool is just always gonna be awesome to me. I love that diplomatic. I like it there. Um, yeah. <laughs> do you have any uh, any collabs or anything fun coming up that you got you can talk about? Uh, um, we uh, just like I said, we were brewing with New Anthem today. Um, we brewed a hazy IPA with them, which I'm super oh, yeah. stoked on. Um, Forger Brewing out of uh, Rochester, Minnesota. Um, James is a good friend of mine. James Hagen Higgs <laughs> is going to be out here tomorrow, and we're brewing a barrel aged out with him. Um, trying to think. We got a lot of stuff in the works. Um, other half, we always we always hang out with those guys. Those are some of our really good friends. Um, they're releasing one of our beers that they brewed up at their brewery. We're releasing one of their beers next week. We haven't announced it yet, so this is a, a exclusive. But we're going to be putting out uh, Blueberry Crunchy. Uh, it's one of their uh, one of our original collabs that we brewed with them years ago that they brewed up in New York that we've never done out here. So we're putting that out here next week, and we put it in cans this morning. It's fantastic. But um, yeah, also uh, California, Moxa in Calif Mo Moxa in California, 
Um, he's making crazy good barrel aged beers. We've had beers and barrels with him for uh, at this point. I pulled him out at 20 months. Uh, we're gonna drop that next month. And so yeah, I mean the big thing, like I said, it's 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 just crazy to how many people we get to work with and how many like just absolute you know titans of the industry that we get to hang out with and just talk to and and learn from. It's just it's, it's an awesome place to be. That's great, man. Um, all of that sounds amazing, by the way. That's really cool that you guys are redoing the the collabs with um, with other half both sides. That's what Bellwoods are just yeah. doing. I thought maybe yours was a part of that yeah. series. They're doing a series. No, where, no? okay. Where they're redoing collabs where Luke, because he has the best life ever, and yeah. he just travels around doing collabs with. with oh, Luke! Luke has the best life ever. Luke, Luke, like I said, Luke is one of my favorite people in beer. I I have tons of favorite people in beer. It depends on what day it is, but yes. I will tell you, Luke, Luke. Uh, they are just an awesome brewery full of awesome people. And um, the first time I ever met Luke, we were in um, Nashville. And man, if from that day on, we've been friends. And he, he came, we, uh, I, was, I was at Black Project at the time. And he, he, uh, he was signed to Shelton. We were both signed to Shelton at the same time. And uh, he was like, hey, I'm going to come to your tasting. And he just like, he actually showed up because, you know, Plenty of people tell you, so, yeah, I'm going to come do this. And and he showed up. And then the next morning I see him and he's like, hey, can I buy you a coffee? We need coffee. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't drink coffee usually. But I was like, you know, I'll drink coffee. And just from that day on, we've been really good friends and we keep in touch. And it's just been – Luke has made it. Luke has made yeah. it. <laughs> he really has. Yeah, he's he, just – He yeah. must be pissed now because his whole life was just taking his uh, family and traveling and making cool beer everywhere. And now yeah, yeah. Stuck well, poor guy. Now he's the, I mean, that's that's how I feel right now. I mean, I'm not as cool as Luke, but that is how I feel right now. <laughs> None of us are as cool as Luke. God damn it. No. Um, I'm conscious of the time because I know you do have to jet, but is there anything else that uh, we want to touch on before we uh, wrap her up? Um, do you feel like we kind of got everything uh, out? Uh, you know, honestly, I, and- I, I, can, I can always talk forever. Yeah, I feel like we even talk if about I have that. somewhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. So, so um, it, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Um, I guess uh, I'm just excited for hopefully things to be able to, so we could actually hang out with people and drink beer again, and we could sit at a table in in our uh, beautiful barrel room and have you talk yes. like this, and we could drink it. Oh man, tell me about be a lot that more was, fun someday. Oh, so much more fun. That was obviously why I was never reaching out to anybody to do this because we never did this ever. It was only ever when sure. we would go to places. So we were supposed to go to GABF, I think in 2019. I think I got sick and we couldn't go. So I was like, no, no, we'll go in 2020. And obviously that was a bust. But yeah, yeah this is like the next best thing to, to doing that, but uh, obviously not quite the same. So I'm definitely keen sure. to get out there. Um, as soon as possible. But Skip, man, I really appreciate your time, brother. Where can everybody find Oh, man. I... Go on. Sorry, man. I cut you off. Oh, no. I was just going to thank you for having me, man. It's been it's been fun. Pleasure. Genuine pleasure. We could talk on that for sure. Where yeah. can everybody find either you personally, if you want people to find you? If not, where can they find the brewery <laughs> online? Uh, the brewery, um, Facebook, Instagram at WellWorks Brewing. Uh, me personally, I'm only on Instagram at uh, my username is Skip the Beer. 11 um um hopefully if you if you live in uh the states uh tavor sells a lot of our beer if you want to try some of our stuff and you never heard of us definitely check us out um and if you're by the brewery just stop by and uh check us out because we we're trying to make something for everybody 
I love it. I did have a question for those who might not be familiar with your stuff, or at least maybe not in Colorado. Do you sure. ship beer, or is it just <laughs> for pickup? Um, just for pickup because so of state legislation, we cannot we cannot ship beer. Hence the divorce. Hopefully, okay. so um, Neil Fisher, our head brewer, is working on getting legislation changed so we can ship direct to consumer. Hopefully, by the end of this year. Um, so he's he's working on with governors and the Brewers Association to get that change in our Colorado Brewers Guild to get that change in Colorado. I love that. That's what I want to hear. There's nothing worse. Uh, we don't have yeah. it here either. You can't ship in Quebec. It's ridiculous. But you can in Ontario yeah. where you were with Melbourne and Toronto. You can ship yeah. there. Every yeah. brewery has a website and they can get anything anywhere, but we can't do that here. It's, I mean, uh, I just – I don't see the laws, but I'm not a lawmaker. And I think that the people like uh, Neil – uh, we'll be able to make the laws change for the better for all of us, hopefully. <laughs> I love it. I, I have no doubt. I just remember we need to do the thumbnail, so I'm going to take a screenshot of us. I'm going to do it okay. while we're live. Do you want to hold up maybe Jeez. the can you're drinking or something or whatever? Uh, whatever uh, yeah. Pickle, or if you got a Wellworks can. You, can you can. see me? Can you see? I don't have. Uh, I have a Wellworks bottle. We drank this there earlier, so I can hold that it works. up. With you. So a bit of branding in can there. Can you hold see these it? Up. I can see it. You ready? Got it. Boom. Cool. So that is good. All right. Let me wrap this up and just hang on to the call afterwards. We'll, uh, we'll let you go. Yeah. So guys, thank you so much for cool. watching and listening. If you guys enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit the notification bell. So you know when the new new drops, follow us on social media at BOS podcast, which you can see right here. And uh, we'll be back next Friday, I believe eight or 9 PM. Stay tuned to the social. We'll see you then guys. Cheers.